Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Daily Objective. And today we're going to be talking about Bernie Madoff, the uh, infamous Ponzi schemer, or however you would label him. He ripped off a lot of people, died in prison, very sad and alone. But wasn't he being selfish? Obviously, if we're pushing selfishness as a virtue, aren't, isn't that going to uh, encourage more people to live a life like Bernie, uh, go around uh, swindling as much money as they can and ripping off people? That's often what people say. So we're going to get into that and figure out if that's the case or not. But I can't do it alone. First of all, I need all of you to super chat us so we can keep the lights on around here. Please also consider becoming an Ayn Rand Center UK member for exclusive content and study groups with some of the best thinkers of the objectivist philosophy around these days. And also, uh, you get to help this thing grow. Also, let's welcome our co-hosts today. First off, we got a guy who, you know, Ayn Rand said that there's moochers and that there's producers. But this guy works in a field where the producers are the biggest moochers of all. It's actor Mark Pellegrino. What's up, Rekha? Hey, hey. And hey. we got uh, Greece's very own, the Greek myth himself, Nikos Sotirakopoulos. I'm still processing the previous one. The, with the pro anyway, I'll watch it on video and try to get it because I didn't get it the first time. But anyway, uh, and uh, thank you uh, already for the super chat, Jeff. With the two dollars Canadian, uh, really helps us keep this thing moving. So uh, listen, Nikos, you uh, you must kind of look up to Bernie a little bit, right? You're you're a red pilled. Uh, uh, <laughs> you, you, you like material things, right? What's wrong? I mean, uh, Bernie kind of he was kind of winning for a while, wasn't he? I mean, he got caught. But, you know, maybe if he had handled things a little bit better, he, you could say he, he, he won. He beat, he, won, he beat the system. He won, right? So why is Bernie Madoff a very good example to this caricature that says that selfishness is, if you're selfish, you do whatever you want. And if you do whatever you want, basically you're selfish. It's this weird relationship. So what happened with Bernie Madoff? So what, a bit of a story for his life. So for something like, 30 years or decades, he was doing very, very well. He was a productive person doing honest work and he was doing quite well. And then he decides that there's another way. And this other way was this very elaborate Ponzi scheme, which had bamboozled and fooled many people, including many famous people. And here's the thing, even before Bernie Madoff was actually it was, really, it was revealed that he's this Ponzi schemer, that he was this fraud. He was already feeling the agony. He was, he was living with the nightmare that he's going to get caught anytime. And this is not a good life. Then he gets caught and he, one tragedy follows the other. So he reveals this to his children. Then he's brought to the, there's, they tell him, okay, this is not cool. He's brought to the police. He ends up in prison. His son commit suicide, allegedly maybe related to, to, all, to all this chaos that this brought the family. Anyway, we don't know that's, that's another discussion. And then the father has to process in prison where he died sick and in, or again in agony. And the question is, was this really selfish? Is this really selfish? And here's how, why, what I find very interesting. Remember last week, we had the discussion about uh, this new philosophy or these new ideas in the 
in parts of the right, the, with, we're talking about Bronze Age perverts. And we had many of his followers uh, troll us, but some of them engaged in serious discussion. They said, look, guys, the, the thing that you don't get is that forget about reason. Might makes right. That's the idea of the conqueror. If I tell you that two plus two equals five and I'm stronger than you, you're going to submit that two plus two equals five. So the problem with this is that beyond everything else, that's not good for you, for quote the conqueror, because that's not a good life. First of all, it's going to be probably a short life. I was watching a documentary this weekend about the biggest mafia families in Greece. So the biggest mafia family, the father who was running it, and he was he had done all sorts of violent, bad things. But at some point, he was the king, the king of the Athenian night. Both his sons were murdered, one of them almost in front of his eyes, on their 30s. And he lived to see this. And also, he was executed in front of his wife. The family that alleged, or another family, a rival family, the leader of the family, dies at the age of 37 with 18 bullets in his body. And one of the most notorious hired guns dies again in his 30s, executed, buried in cement. Now, if someone tells me that this is the proof that might get right and the best thing to do in life is to go with whatever your instinct tells you, then I rest my case. Because what I see is misery, agony, and sleeping with two pistols under your bed or living in constant, uh, in constant fear that you're going to be caught. Mark, uh, isn't it kill or be killed? I mean, don't you need to stab a few backs to get uh, to get where you're going? What do you think? I, I definitely don't think stabbing a few backs to get going is is the way to look after your long term self interests at all. If anything, you declare war on the people around you. You're declaring war on reality. Bertie Madoff declared war on reality by lying, and in that case, reality always wins. But when you commit crimes against other people, you're in effect declaring war against them and you are setting them against you. Um, so uh, that, that notion that right, might makes right uh, turns the world uh, into a, a place of violence, a place where, where you will only know violence because people are going to have to be violent to stop you. Yeah, and um, uh, th there's some great objectivist literature on this, like in Leonard Peikoff's book on objectivism and elsewhere in some of Rand's writings, like when you lie, now that lie has become like your North Star in a sense. Like you need to base, basically organize everything around protecting this lie, not getting caught. You need to lie more usually to cover up that lie. And now in dealing with other people, reality is the enemy like uh, or their stupidity is is your is what you're hoping for so rather than looking for intelligent people to trade with you're basically their intelligence is your enemy so it sort of it flips everything the opposite of how it needs to be to get the best out of this life um now let me ask uh let me put this question out there and maybe one of you has an answer uh why does ayn rand say selfishness is a virtue why doesn't she just say long-term thinking is is a virtue as opposed to short-term uh, concrete boundedness. Either you have any thoughts on that? Long term, long term thinking in the mission of what? So, what was the problem with Bernie Madoff, or for that case, also also with the mafia <laughs> boss, or with the guy who the the might uh, makes right guy? So, 
you take your decision based on what? What is what is the judge of whether what you're doing is right or wrong? Because if it's how you feel at the moment, again, the problem is that this is going to cause you problems down the way. So again, if I make a career by shooting people, even if I'm the best, so why why was this hired killer at the end? Why did why did they take him out? Because the people around him started freaking out. Say, look, this guy goes and shoots people he has never met just because someone gave him the money. Now he's dangerous. We have to shoot him and bury him in 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 <coughs> cement. So the question is, what are the requirements for me to live? life and the requirements are again i need to produce stuff and i need to do it in a way that makes sense to what are the requirements of my okay now that was a cyclical argument but let's let's put it different why is not killing others a long-term good plan again because soon you're gonna get you're gonna get caught why is not lying a good way to go through life because soon you're gonna realize that as you said now these lies pile up and now these lies are your enemy in a way. You have to remember these lies and you have to make sure that you maneuver life through lies. But even if you never get that, never, ever, ever, you know that you have lied. You know that you have BS people. So in a way you realize that, oh, I'm an imposter here. I'm not, I'm not who I think I am. I mean, let me put it this way. Think about if you've ever cheated in a relationship. And if you were never caught, it was still not cool. And the relationship was still, at least the way I view it, the relationship was still not what it was pre-cheating. Because there's always this shadow in your head. Or someone says something and then you're jumping like, oh, what did you say this? What, what do you mean where I was in October? Like, oh, no, I just meant, uh, weren't you, weren't, didn't we have this good time? But you think you were caught because you cheated in October and then you freak out. So again, even if you don't get caught, and again, remember, Bernie Madoff was living a torture before he got caught. That's, that's why he felt the need to mention it to someone. So yes, it's not only what is the long-term plan, but the long-term plan for what? The long-term plan for, who, for what kind of purpose and for whom? For my life, for the stuff that my life needs to be a happy life. And again, being a fraudster is not going to turn your life a happy life. Being a, a hard gun is not going to make your life a happy life. Stalin, by the way, again, I encourage people who have, even people who have watched the comedy, The Death of Stalin, the comedy gets some things very right. Stalin was paranoid basically already from the 30s. The more power he got, the more paranoid he was. How did this end up? It ended up, of course, by people close to him, family members killing themselves. And it ended up with him being dead, no, sorry, being half dead, dying, and people not daring to go close to him because basically everyone around him hoped he would die because they thought maybe I'm next. So this is the life of a dictator, of a conquistador, as we were saying last week. And uh, that's, that's the fate, which is really not good. Yeah. Uh, and the, and I, 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 I would just uh, add to that. I don't know that she didn't elaborate on it. I think she she probably did, but I think she just gave selfishness its renaissance, right? I mean, it, at, at one time, it simply meant acting for your own interests. And when she looked around the world at living things, uh, she noticed that all of them acted for their own interests. And it just so happens that 
humans as biological entities act for their interests in a particular way. And, and she defined what those particular ways were, um, which, is, which is all centered around our rational faculty. The act of production itself, combining elements within, combining material elements to create something new requires time, right? It requires a long-term relationship with your environment. You're not just like a hunter-gatherer going into an area, picking something and, and immediately using it. You're using it over a span of time. So just, I mean, reason and production being the two highest uh, virtues in objectivism uh, sort of intimate our relationship with the universe as a long-term relationship over a span of our lifetime. And I would encourage people to check out the last part of uh, the, the essay called Selfishness Without a Self. <coughs> now, she talks about a particular type of personality, which is not necessarily the burning made of type, but she says something at the end. She says, selfishness basically is an achievement. It's not the default. Most, the vast, vast majority of people are not selfish. Bernie Madoff was not selfish. How do we know? Because his acts harmed him. His acts were, he was his, let's put it this way, this cliche phrase, he was his own enemy. Of course, he hurt the people who he scammed, people, he scammed people out of millions, but at the, in a way, no one suffered as much as he did. Again, family members uh, abandoning him, family members dying, maybe with some stuff that has to do with that story. Again, we, we can't know, that's private matter, but it's, it's, not a nice, it's, not a nice, it's not a nice thing. Or think about uh, Jordan Belfort, the Wolf of Wall Street. Now, I don't know if what the Wolf has done is on that level, because with Bernie Madoff, by the way, we're not talking about some exaggerations of the regulatory state. What he did was conscious fraud. Like even in a free market, what he did would be a fraud. Now with the Wolf, I'm not entirely sure, but I remember an interview with a, with a real person. Jordan Bell, and they asked him, what was the worst night of your life? The worst moment of your life? He says, the night before I went to prison. So he, imagine, imagine this, you're at home, you're surrounded by your family, basically everyone is crying, and you know that tomorrow you go to prison for like five years, and this is the last night you're gonna spend with your family. Now, if someone tells me that this is worth it, whatever you do before, and that this is selfish, then I would say uh, you got this wrong. By the way, parenthesis, again, I don't know what Jordan did. Maybe what he did, I don't know, insider trading, all that stuff. We don't know if it's really something. But take this as an example of what happens when, when the time of the, the judgment comes. Right. Um, you know, the Greeks had uh, eudaimonia, eudaimonia. Eudaimonia in Greek, yeah, you know. eudaimonia well, for some reason as it's pronounced in English. Very nice. Uh, so, you know, uh, egoism maybe to them wasn't this defiant, you know, overturning of the existing code to them. It was, it was maybe sort of a matter of fact, like, yeah, let's each individually strive for greatness. Of course, they needed a lot of fine tuning in some of the, uh, ap applications, but nonetheless, um, I think maybe that's what Ayn Rand is reviving, uh, the way Mark, I think, put it. Um, She's uh, giving a renaissance to selfishness. And philosophically, I think uh, the standard, you know, the standard is life, but it needs to be specifically your own life. So it doesn't become, you know, uh, utilitarianism or some form of hedonism where you're 
you're, you know, you're maximizing the well-being or pleasure of as many people as possible. Like, no, you need to set your own life as the standard. And then that could very well in include um, giving charity occasionally or helping somebody trading, um, you know, probably not lying and not cheating is an enormous part of that. So taking other people into consideration is a big part of that. So um, there, yeah, there's a, there's a, oh, we got a few super chats, by the way. Mary Lean with $5 says, Bernie was miserable. Lies take over your life in a bad way. Absolutely right. And uh, Nikos mentioned cheating on somebody. When, when you have a secret, a, 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 a big secret that you're keeping from somebody, now intimacy is the enemy. You can't get too close. Right. So uh, it's the reverse of what a great relationship is meant to be. Christopher with two dollars ninety nine Canadian. He says, cool. Uh, Jeff with ten dollars Canadian says lies lead to an abyss. Very hard to crawl out of. Be honest with yourself. Emphasis mine. But I think emphasis his too. He just doesn't have the italics in the super chat. Em be honest with yourself um, and be honest with yourself. Either way, uh, I mentioned one last one last yeah. thing. So for many anti-capitalists, Bernie Madoff is the poster boy of capitalism. Capitalism is all that is. Bernie Madoff is in, uh, is a concretization of capitalism. Think about it: is capitalism a system where fooling people is a good idea? <clears throat> is it a system where it's like this stupid joke, Paul Ryan? No, uh, Ayn Rand, Rand Paul and Paul Ryan enter into a bar. There is no state, therefore the drink is poisoned. They all die. And like, how stupid, and you know, this gets 158,000 <coughs> retreats, 3 million likes. And you think, how stupid must the person who came up with this? Okay, the, the transition of the name is kind of funny, but is this really, so this bar would make money by poisoning people? Or if you are if you if you are someone who is in the business of people trusting you their money, is the way to go through that that people cannot trust you? Is this is this your is this the currency in that business? Whereas on the other side, think about the bureaucratic state mixed economy, or even worse, a socialist regime where you know that this guy is a crook, but because he has political pull, no one can touch him. Or you know he's a lousy plumber, but because he's the only plumber in the village who is allowed to plumb, you're stuck with that plumber because no one else is allowed to do this job. So actually, Bernie Madoff is the antithesis of what capitalism actually is, and he's the opposite of a poster boy. Yeah, I think I think that a check and balance against against Bernie Madoff's in a in a free society is other people pursuing their own self-interests um, because they, they, they will be attempting to not cheat, uh, not be cheated, let's say, because uh, you know, they want the best bang for their buck, most return. Uh, well, and, and some of these people, unfortunately, just went for that with, uh, with Bernie. I think some of the actors that invested their money with him saw 20% returns or something on his investments. And, and they weren't savvy enough to think that there's something rotten in the state of Denmark that those kinds of returns just don't happen, <laughs> you know. So they, they, you know, um, they were going for the short end deal too. What they should have been doing was looking out for their own interests. Was uh, this is very unusual? Let me see why this is happening. And had they done that, looking out for their own interests for real, which means 
being conscious about everything that you do, measuring everything that you do. Look, people don't want to do that. I can, I, can, I can confess, I can make my own confession that every bad thing I've ever done to myself and others has been because I wanted a short-term gain. And I didn't think too much about the consequences of my behavior. Um, and you know, for a while, I think that was, um, that was promoted because I'm an actor, you know, in acting class, your teachers promote impulsiveness and emotionality. And you sort of, you, you train into your being, and this is also, I think, promoted in our culture as well, but you train into your being this idea that my instincts know things and my feelings are, are automatic connections with the truth. So uh, you don't have any, you just think it's automatically in your long-term interest to do what you want in the, in the moment. But no, you have to relearn that. You have to rethink that and, and, and pay attention to what's going on around you. And before you make moves like investing in Bernie Madoff's seeming pie in the sky, uh, investment scheme, you better check them out. Yeah. By the way, that's also an interesting introspection exercise. So if we, if we, if we find the areas where we've completely screwed up in life, what was behind it? What was, so anyway, I don't want to get too introspective here, but that, that's an interesting, that's a very interesting thought experiment. Mm -hmm. Raga. In a rational society, uh, people would, kind of know what they're looking for but also, and also the government's job would be clear uh just like we see on the sort of uh, big, on the sort of uh what's the opposite of white collar crime i don't know blue collar crime just like um when it comes to the police arresting you know street crime, crime. um so if you you know if you tell them like i bring this up you tell them i was just assaulted or burglarized there's there's a chance the police will find time to investigate and find and catch the the guy but you tell them, I know a guy who's selling drugs somewhere. They can't wait to go arrest that guy. I think similarly in a, in a society where the government is not constantly regulating inappropriately, constantly uh, not doing the types of shenanigans that they're up to in today's context, they would have the focus and the energy to, uh, to, you know, to find and arrest fraudsters or to take, um, to take uh, that type of thing a lot more seriously. Uh, in the chat room, we've got a guy named Zeben who he says, Madoff was greedy. Greed is, uh, actually lost the comment, but he said, okay, greed is lust applied to material values. I'm wondering if Zeban has, is, has, is holding a premise that we might not necessarily agree with. So is there anything wrong with greed or lust? I don't think so. I, I think it's, the question ahead, is what, sorry. by what standard, right? What do you think? And how do we define it? So notice that usually when someone is after money, it's considered a bad thing. But think, for example, about Michael Phelps. He's won some like, I don't know, 20-something Olympic medals. Is this greed? And why is going after Olympic medals okay, but going after money is not okay? Or why is going after, I don't know, bicycles okay, but going after something else is not okay? So the question is, why do you want that? Why do you want to earn what you want to, what you want to earn? So there might be a good reason, might be a bad reason. If you well, want to... Yeah, sorry. Well, maybe maybe uh, somebody cares too much about uh, winning the bicycle race, and they end up doing steroids, which is against the rules. And then you say, okay, his lust for winning the bicycle race uh, ended up killing him. But I would say it's it's not looking at the big picture. So, like greed in and of itself is a good thing if you're greedy for a good life. Uh, if, and, it, and that it could include money. Let's say making a lot of money is important to you. There is no, you know, sky is not even the limit. You know, make as much money as possible in the full context of things. So 
So maybe that's the one way to look at it. Yeah, so I mean, I would say, go. yeah, I would say there. I, I I don't attach those. I don't attach sinful values to emotions like lust or greed. Those are feelings, right? Those are passions. Those are desires. And I don't I don't attach uh, um, moral judgments on desires. I I attach moral judgments on what one does to fulfill those desires, and that that is all the difference in the world. And the and that's why I think objectivists do very well to divide the world into the rational and the irrational and to show that the bad always proceeds from the irrational. It always does. That is a, that's the break with your human nature. People think I'm reading Jonah Goldberg now who's trying to make these, the opposite distinctions in the book called the, the death of Western civilization or whatever. I forget the name of it. He's, he's claiming that we're constantly at, at battle with this primitive self, and that the, the institution of civilization and reason on society is actually an artifice. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. It's actually acting rationally is the way, is, is our nature. You abandon it with this reduction to uh, the purely animal perceptual and in the moment. You're abandoning your humanity, the thing that sets you apart from everything else. That's unnatural. We can't live like a perceptual being does. We can only live like humans. So embrace your humanity and look for the long-term in everything that you do. You'll be happier, trust me. Mm -hmm. I, I saw you and tweet about- Yeah, yeah, go on. I saw you tweet about that book, Mark, and I was thinking like, oh, good that Goldberg is kind of standing up <laughs> like the last the last stand of like the uh, old, old school type of conservative. And I, I've recommended his book, Liberal Fascism, where he, he talks about the history of progressivism, but you know, I'm obviously disappointed, but not surprised to hear that he's uh, talking in, in these terms that well, you, you know, just described. He's quoting a lot. Of, he's quoting a lot of scientists. He's 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 falling on the side of the anthropologists and the behavioral psychologists, uh, the evolutionary psychologists who boil everything down to this sort of biological soup of you're an ape in human clothing. That's essentially what you are. The sooner you embrace that, the better. The sooner sooner you're aware of it, the better. Not that there's not something to be said for some of that, for sure, but he has a terrible perspective on it. You don't look at human reason as an artifice in the world. It's your nature. Yeah, the, the battle is lost if that's the best defense against Correct. both the, the left and the Trumpian nationalists. If this is the National Review's answer to all of that, is that is this uh, pseudoscience or blend of good and bad science that we're seeing in the you know, whatever the intellectual dark web or whatever we would call uh, what's happening out there. Uh, then we're in big trouble. All the more reason to uh, to give objectivism a, a fair shake, folks, and uh, give it give it a shot. By the way, Catherine in the chat, who I think has hosted this show in the past, says the SEC, which is the U.S.'s regulatory agency, did nothing to stop Madoff's crimes, despite having multiple warnings from other industry professionals for <coughs> years before he was exposed. So I think that speaks to the point that in a society where, well, there shouldn't be a regulatory agency, but there should be a way to report fraud to the government. And in a properly free society, the government would take such tips seriously, as opposed to today, where they're too busy uh, basically dealing with lo the lobby system. And I might add, and I might add that the regulatory state um, incentivizes turning over moral agency to us to someone else. And so people become accustomed and acclimated to not taking control over their own lives, to not looking into the details of purchases. They expect someone else to do that, do it for them. And the more responsibility the state assumes for your life, the more people just expect not to have to think too much about 
anything. And that's what I see in the world today is people claiming that to not have to think about life is the goal of civilization, to put you in that position where you don't have to think about life anymore. That's just a, an absurdity, piled upon an absurdity. Yeah. I end with three recommendations. So on this topic, so one is from The Virtue of Selfishness and it's Nathaniel <coughs> Branden's essay, Isn't Everyone Selfish? So this addresses this issue of whether merely doing what you feel like doing or doing things to screw others, whether this is really selfish. The other one is a talk, actually more like a webinar by Greg Salmieri with the same title. Isn't everyone, actually no, a slightly different title. Isn't everybody selfish? Is Greg's, whereas Brandon is, isn't everyone selfish. But if you go to YouTube and put, isn't everybody selfish? This is a very illuminating talk by Greg. And the third source I want to recommend, more in terms of a real life, not the real life, because everything is real life, more on the level of how to think about this in everyday aspects, in simpler terms maybe, is a talk by Yaron Brook in the 2013 Ocon called Objectivism is Radical, parenthesis, and Applying It Can Be Hard. This applying it can be hard is what we've been discussing today, that selfish is actually an achievement. It's not a given it's not the default. It is actually something which needs to be achieved and it's difficult to achieve it. And it's a big victory if you manage to do it. So these three, these three sources can give you the philosophical context to the discussion we had today. Uh, thank you, Bonnie, for the $5 super chat. She says, great points, Mark. Wish I could give more. Uh, thank, thank you, Bonnie. And thank Thanks, you, everyone, Bonnie. for all the Super Chats today. This was a pretty pretty great day uh, for Super Chats. Uh, should we move this over to Clubhouse, folks? We will let, let the audience. Uh, Zeeben, uh, maybe if you're on Clubhouse, you can join us on stage and give us a piece of your mind on this topic, as well as anyone else with some uh, thoughts and opinions on this. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, we'll Jumping over to Clubhouse, we'll be back here tomorrow, same time for the Daily Objective. Thank you, Mark, the audience Thanks. favorite. Thank you, uh, Nikos, the audience second favorite, and you're welcome. <laughs> That's just today. Nikos just is today, the just audience today. favorite. Yeah, sometimes there's only two of us. Um, anyway, see you guys tomorrow and meet us on Clubhouse momentarily, and goodbye. Thanks, Peace. everyone.